What movie did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Support the Girls, starring Regina Hall from 2018. And now we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's our, what we do, is we talk un- about the things we watch. Unscripted, unrehearsed, unedited. Reactions. Reactions. Full of spoilers. Although there's not a lot of spoilers. Yeah, it's not that kind of movie. It's not that kind of movie, so. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I had I had the final scene spoiled for me on the internet, and it didn't oh. impact the film at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see. That not impacting. Yeah. Your enjoyment of the rest of the movie or not. How did you like it? I enjoyed it. I I have I I blame Kevin Smith for this a little bit, but I have a soft spot soft spot for talky, character driven, plotless meanders through the day of the life of a menial service job. That are still done very artfully. Oh yeah. Not yeah. like me some things meander and you're like, Oh my god, get me out of here. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I, I think I mean, you can look at Kevin Smith does it. Um, I watched for the first time uh, a Jim Jarmusch movie, the one that he's well known for, Stranger Than Paradise. Yeah, Jim Jarmusch is going to be way too much on the indie side for me. Yeah, but, no, no. Yeah. Like, Jim Jarmusch is like the extreme version of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, even less plot or structure Right. Or organization. So loosely set up here. Support the Girls is in a local Hooters like restaurant called Double what, Whammies. Wait, Double Whammies. Get uh, it. Get yeah, it. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> wink wink. Nudge nudge. Yeah, you can tell that the um the owner of the bar was very clever or felt he was very clever when he came up with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and so the protagonist in it is Regina's Hall character. Lisa. Her, na- her name is Lisa, who's the GM, the general manager mm-hmm. of it, and oversees um, what is a f- pretty much all women waitstaff. Yeah. And then the cooks and whatnot who are in the back. Mm-hmm. And she is extending a lot of emotional labor, taking mm-hmm. care of everyone, uh, but arguably herself. There's less of that. Less of that. <laughs> but she's. A really complex character. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful to see a film about a lot of kind of complex women. Yes. And their their performances mm-hmm. of it, even though this is a script written by a man. Yeah. Directed by a man, Andrew... B- B- I don't know Bujal- how to say his last name. Bujalski. Yeah. Bujalski. Yeah, it turns out, um, you know, it is possible to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And one of the reasons why sometimes you should be writing outside of what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Toni Morrison advised her writing students, always write outside what you know. Yeah. I can see that. But yeah. don't quote me on that. <laughs> I gotta fact check that. Yeah. But, um, and don't be, don't share it if what outside you know starts becoming racist yeah. or sexist. <laughs> but as an exercise. But don't be limited by what you know necessarily. Yes. yes. Get someone to double check it first, though. Hire a sensitivity reader and pay them appropriately. <laughs> yes. Hi, buddy. Yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, it, I mean, yeah, this was right in my wheelhouse of movies I like to watch. <laughs> yeah, and as you know, I don't like independent films generally, but yes. I liked this one. Yeah. I enjoyed it because it was all about <laughs> women who felt like relatable in some way and mm-hmm. complex and not overly 
weird. <laughs> yeah, some of his other movies, I say some, I've seen exactly one of his other movies called Computer Chess, and it is weird. Yeah. It's a weird movie. Yeah. Can I'm not looking for my high art stuck on my pants. in film. <laughs> yeah, Kitty is out and about um, trying to climb do you, do you onto our help? pants. So do you want help? there might be a few owls here ow, and there. Ow, ow, I'm helping! <laughs> Playtime. Um, yeah, yeah independent films. Yes, independent films can be a, a little, I think twee is a word that is used a lot, a little too clever for their own good. Mm-hmm. Um, the sort of like go-to example that always pops in my head, and this is not like to be mean to this movie, but Sunshine Cleaning, we yeah. watched and was kind of the, the epitome of all of the sorts of things that turn me off from light-hearted indie dramedies yes and i'm not saying that independent films are bad just like literary fiction is not bad but they're not my cup of tea yeah of things so unless they're doing something interesting unless they're doing something interesting but they are they're high art yeah and um, all art is high art there's no low art (laughs) i would would argue i i consume quite a bit of lowbrow art Okay, some art is low art. <laughs> Lowbrow does not mean dumb. Bad, no. Yeah, or bad. Okay, um, yeah. So, I don't know where to start. Maybe you could start by uh, explaining Mumblecore and how... Yeah! Because here's what I was... So, it's clear... It's an independent film. It's clearly low budget. Yes. They're clearly filming in locations. They're not... And they're doing a lot of, like, wide shots or something. Mm-hmm. So, it makes me think... Fewer takes. There are fewer takes. <laughs> um, they're not really mic'd up super well. I don't know if they're not having the boom mic, but it's very... It. The audio yeah. is not great. The audio is not great, the audio quality, however they were mm-hmm. mic'd. And then they also were clearly, like, having background noise occur. Like, it wasn't... In live, it, yeah. Live. It, was it wasn't fully in, and um, so that made... Some of it hard to understand. I have not the best hearing yeah. anyways, so it's always a <laughs> game fun. of, oh, is the volume too low, or can I just not understand yeah. what was going on? And I was like, I leaned over to ask you something. Of, Wait, what did what they say? say? <laughs> and then you reminded me of the mumble. Yeah, mumble so, so Mumblecore is, is, I don't know if I could call it a movement as so much as something that people apply to a set of films an indie sort of universe. Mm-hmm. So Mumblecore, broadly defined, is often super low budget, um, is often mostly improvised. So, um, but a lot of like shot on set, a lot of, or shot, shot in, on location, a lot of shot, you know, cheaply and quickly and sort of not about anything in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't think this was a great example of mumblecore. No, yeah, I could understand. <laughs> well, and and the mumblecore is is sort of a, a backhanded compliment in terms of the name, because. Um, and now, to be fair, this this writer director's stuff is not improvised. He scripts it, um, and I think that's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, only because I think it's like his, his dialogue is very naturalistic and very realistic, but I can almost always tell when something is scripted versus it's very clear they're making this up in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not always, but almost always. I'm Fairly often. Looking at you, every actor in a Seth Rogen movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Judd Apatow is the name I was actually thinking yeah, of there. Yeah. But, um, or Will Ferrell or movies. Or Will Ferrell movies. They both do so much of the ad-libbing on set because they are going to be funnier that way. They're not funnier that way. Um, but so, yeah, Mumblecore is, is sort of used somewhat pejoratively as a term. And this guy is apparently, according to his Wikipedia page, the godfather of Mumblecore. Which I don't know if I, I agree or disagree with or, or have a strong opinion on. What's interesting to me, though, is um, I think... There's, a, there's another pair of directors, the Something Brothers, whose name now escapes me. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, but boy, the audience doesn't. No. Um, my internet is not working on my phone, oh, which so is going to make not. this a lot harder. Um, we don't know. There's a pair of brothers who, who do indie films where they often act and direct and write and they are much their early stuff in particular is much closer to mumblecore in my opinion than than this is. And I think computer chess gets real close to that identity. It was also shot intentionally on like period era tape cameras from the 80s mm. which adds a whole other worldliness to it which is really interesting. Um this felt very much like yeah, yeah the, the Kevin Smith, you know, day in the life sort of thing. Right, right. Um, and I, I appreciated that. I also appreciated that it didn't. It kept me guessing. It kept, I, was, I kept being surprised by the sort of the where things were going and what was happening, even though it flowed all very naturalistically and didn't mm-hmm. didn't. It wasn't like, oh, no, a big twist. And there's nothing like it hits on a lot of like very serious issues in our, in our world, but it doesn't have it doesn't say anything, really. It's not profound. Yes. And like how it's saying <laughs> it's it. It's documenting what it's these saying. things. It just kind of in the in the everyday. Yeah. Because um, yeah, there was a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, what does it mean to be working class in America? And you know, the difficulty of of becoming a general manager and sort of quote unquote having made it, but really like still being a hair's breadth from not. And the difficult emotional work that goes into something like that. And I mean, like she fires the chef fairly early on and is like, yeah, but I don't have anyone to cover for you. So you have to keep working. Right. But she fires the chef because his cousin got caught in the duck work, trying, trying to break to into the break safe. in. And she didn't tell the police that yeah. she knew who he was or anything. And, yeah. and so she covered for him that way, but then fired the cousin who was the chef. Who was, who like, was part of the plot. So right. To speak. Would have known the code to the yeah. safe and whatnot. Um, um yeah, so still, like, not bringing the cops into it, which was nice, but also, like, I still gotta fire you. Like, there's not, there's not a way around that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. I think the concept around a place like Hooters and looking at what goes on in people's heads. Yes. Who work there is interesting, and I wanted to see, like that part um, of the complexity of of going to work. It's not a good job, Mm -hmm. but maybe you make slightly more money doing it. Mm -hmm. It's often young women who do it. Um, But it's not... I think they're always portrayed as background, that type of Hooters-esque waitress. You don't see a lot of depth in their production. They're very much objects... Um, and you, there's the association of like bimbos mm-hmm. and and like 
um, not having any agency. Yeah, and being disposable. And being disposable. And in this, like, Regina Hall's character, Lisa, is, like, bending over backwards doing cartwheels mm-hmm. to keep people um, from losing their jobs and all the difficulties that come with yeah. being a uh, working class, working class mom, mm-hmm. missing childcare, um, when your kid gets sick, how to solve that. Um and also that I think the women waitresses show that they there's some element of like they enjoy being sexy. Yeah. And that that's not a bad it's mm-hmm. not coming down on the feminist heart of like <laughs> no <laughs> stripping and everything is always bad. Yes. And always objectifying. Yeah, it's not it's not doing that. Um, yeah. it's it's recognizing the agency of the people in these positions, which is nice. <laughs> And interesting. Right. Even though they are pretty miserable. Because yeah. Of it's... Well, I think it's interesting to see um, sort of the, the the outsider of the film, the new girl that gets hired on, who's played by Xanthippi, who's not mm-hmm. the actress's real name, but I just yeah. went, Xanthippi from, from, yeah. from Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt. Schmidt. Um, her name in the movie was Janelle. I think you are correct. I think her name in the movie was Janelle. Um, but sort of seeing her on her first day, like literally she has, she starts the day with an interview, um, and sort of gets hired, sort of doesn't, they never get around to filling out the paperwork. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and she's probably fired by the end of the day too, which is. Yeah. Yeah. For exposing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, herself. Herself. Um, in front of a cop on a bar, but she was a really interesting character because it was clear she was coming into this experience with a very different expectation for what it was. She's like, I'm selling sex appeal. Yes. That is what I'm selling. Um, and so having Lisa and the other characters really saying, like, that's not what we're doing here. Like, no, pull it back in, reel it back. This isn't what we're doing. Um, was really an interesting conversation around that. Around that. But also the idea that the customers, who are almost all white men... Yes. With one amazing exception. Are... <laughs> Wait, who's the amazing... Wait. Well, Bobo. Get through... Oh, Bobo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, an amazing exception. But uh, So they're coming up, coming in with the expectation that sex appeal is being sold. Yes. With their wings and yes. their burgers and their sports and their big-ass beer. <laughs> Which, out of context of a, of a restaurant that sells itself on boobs, yeah, would make sense to me in Texas to buy a big I mean, ass beer. I'm, I'm sure there are places in Texas that that are not Hooters adjacent that you could go buy a big ass beer. Yeah, at. but but because it's a like a, a boob place, yes, that um, bothered me. <laughs> bothered me a bit well and i think it was it was meant to be that double and double entendre innuendo yes. in the context because even yes. there's you know um macy macy i think was yeah. the, the character's name like even has the line like grab yourself a big ass beer as as a cheer to sort so of get the guys riled up plain yes plain on it um yeah so Regina Hall's character is, uh, well, she's got to be in her 40s, because mm-hmm. Regina Hall is in her 40s. Mm-hmm. She's fully clothed as the general manager. Yes. And um, is, like, balancing everything. Yeah. Uh, is the emotional caretaker. But it's complex, because at times, 
Uh, a lot of times when a woman, especially a black woman, falls kind of in that role, then everyone takes advantage mm-hmm. of her and becomes reliant mm-hmm. um, without giving anything back. And I think there were some characters who did that, but then there were other characters who were also trying to support her. Yes. Um, and it was kind of a of a going back and forth. And it also wasn't fully like Lisa's not taking care of herself because she is getting her shit done at home. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like her marriage is falling apart. Mm-hmm. We don't know why. We can read into it. Yeah. Because um, uh, I found in life, oftentimes people who are, like, really intent on taking care of other people are not taking care of people in their immediate circle, yes, in their families. they're more externally focused. And they're not dealing with their own kind of issues mm-hmm. of things. And I felt like she was. Yeah, I think she was. And and I think <laughs> I think she was doing it somewhat tirelessly and without any recognition of yeah. the difficulties of that. I mean, you know, I I read down about her husband. He's a lump. Like that's really like the sort of it was I read it as a realization like, "Oh, he's a lump." <laughs> Right. And so it's not just like she's not paying attention to him at home. Yeah. Which could be she's paying more attention to her her mm-hmm. um, girls than him, but he's he's not giving yeah. too much yeah. um to yeah, to the relationship. Um and she has some these moments of strength, like when she gets out of the car with her after her boss just road raged followed a guy yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was scary. Yeah, that was scary. And she rightfully got out, got of, out of the car, car and said, go, I'm done. Um, yeah, yeah. And called her husband, mm-hmm. who wasn't doing anything. Yeah. As it turns out, to come to come Pick get her. her. Yeah. She eventually, the, you know, her boss has tried to fire her many times. And she finally is like, fine. Like, fine. <laughs> I'm not giving up, but I'm like recognizing that. I don't need to be here anymore. I don't need to be here. This is not. This is not healthy. This yeah. is not good. Um, for yeah, I did. I did appreciate seeing uh, Cubby get gut punched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Cubby, that was a very nice um, uh, moment of com- comedic catharsis. Because <laughs> yeah, Cubby is the the owner, um, who I wasn't actually expecting to see at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. just because we're we're sort of like. Oh, the you know. Oh, I'll call the owner later. Or Good, oh, he's the not owner here. doesn't give a shit. Is like yeah, was sort of not around. Lives in somewhere far away. Yes. Or that was sort of the impression I was getting, just because of literally how competent Lisa was and how yeah. how much she was dealing with. Was like I was thinking like absentee landlord sort of situation. Right, she's doing all the under the table things, all the above table things. Yeah, she's doing everything. <laughs> the owner is doing next to nothing. Right. Um, other than coming in and issuing demands, which he eventually does. <laughs> yeah. Um, but seeing Cubby get... so Yeah, so Cubby had a minor altercation on the road. You know, somebody pulled in front of him or something. It's not super clear what happened. Um, and so Cubby follows him home to give him what for, which is, again, like they're driving out to the suburbs um, of maybe Austin. Like no, this, it's Houston. It was Houston? It was okay. Houston. I couldn't tell. Because I-10 ran through it. Ah, so cool. I'm glad you were paying attention. I think that wouldn't be San Antonio. I would expect it to be Houston. Over. I don't think I-10 goes to San Antonio. Okay, yeah, then Houston. 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 Um, yeah, following them into the suburbs, 
and you know pulling up to the subdivision and cubby gets out of his car and walks up to the guy who is twice his size and this is all like a static shot like we're in seeing it from in the car and just just decks him right in the stomach just big old gut punch and basically cubby's like you know doubled over the guy's like catch your breath and get off my property yeah and so you don't know how cubby's gonna react to lisa in the car you don't know and it's a little scary because uh, it could go violently. Yeah. Like, he hasn't shown any violence, but he's that... But he just, he just did a violent thing of following someone home with the intent of having an altercation is pretty violent. Yeah, and they had just been talking in the car about this uh, implicit diversity <laughs> shift work where you can't have two black girls on the same shift. shift. Yeah. You have to keep it... Spread out. Spread out. He so. called it, like, the Rainbow Initiative or something. Yeah, yeah. And she's trying to push back on it, and he's like, don't go to the racism thing. Yeah. And you know, like, it's, it is a racism thing. <laughs> it's clearly established in several other points that it's a racism <laughs> yes. thing. Um, and it's, so it's, to me, an example of a white man who doesn't think he's racist, uh-huh. who absolutely is, uh-huh. which makes it extra dangerous to get into the car angry. Yeah. Um, and it, that turned out okay, thankfully. Um, and they really don't interact the rest of the film, which I thought was an interesting choice. Because um, I think I think the movie did something really interesting, which is have way more setups than payoffs, mm-hmm. um, which created some low key. Like I mean, a that's how life works. Like life is not a movie where every setup has a payoff. Sometimes things just wander away, and that's okay. Um, but like the, the biker guy, like I was worried about the biker guy coming back because um, she kicks him out, which I. It's something, you know, I don't know if that happens in other Hooters adjacent bars or not, but, like, a guy said a mean thing to his waitress, and so she kicked him out. And she had no qualms about yeah. kicking anybody out. Yeah. She's like, that's not, that's she did, not allowed here. Like, yeah. assertively, confidently. Yeah. Um, she did point at the cops in the back. Yeah. Um, but the biker guy... I mean, he just kind of looks intimidating based mm-hmm. on the stereotypes we have mm-hmm. of, of biker guys. He keeps looking over his shoulder. Yeah. And, like, when he gets on the bike, he's looking over his shoulder. Well, I think it was really interesting um, because we watched Lisa watch him until he drove away. Yeah. Like, the scene shifted. It was about something happening in the car wash. Or there's this guy with a Hummer here, and we're all doing that. But we see her keep watching him because that just happened, and he's not gone yet. And so the threat is still real. Um, and, and seeing that sort of perspective of like knowing very much where he is at all times until he is gone, um, which then of course built up the threat, like maybe he's going to come back. And if, if this was a more conventionally plotted film, I think he would have, but I appreciate that it wasn't because this is the sort of thing this happens all the time. Yeah. Well, I I think so much of this film was on the cusp of violence against women. Yes. And I never went there explicitly. Yes. To kind of appreciate, I didn't yeah. want to see a sexual assault. No. Like, <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> um, no. The, yeah, I think the closest we get was the uh, the boyfriend with the broken leg, yeah. where it was implied something had happened previously. Well, I certainly got the impression he was abusive. Yes, and yes. so that's another example of where this doesn't wrap up nicely. Yeah, and her, and Lisa helping someone doesn't turn out like she perfect <laughs> expected yeah and again so she had raised this money for one of the waitresses who ran over her boyfriend with a car and broke his leg and now to face 
I need yeah. a lawyer. Yeah. Need to pay bail. So she, yeah. yeah, she did a little fundraiser. Got her some money. She was staying at Lisa's house, and she comes back uh, at the end of the day, and the boyfriend's there, and the girl is leaving with and the boyfriend, with the boyfriend, with the money, and Lisa's like, "I need you to leave that money." And yeah. there's a whole like verbal altercation. Yeah, standoff there. Yeah, like, put the money down. We're not. You're not keeping it. That's not what this was for. <laughs> and it's, you know, the the girlfriend is going to go back to the mm-hmm. abuser. Mm-hmm. And and she wasn't going to deal with it. Lisa wasn't going to have that. So I'm not raising this got, money for that. Yeah. Yeah. You can get that money um, back. And then she then partnered with Arturo, who she had earlier fired, to get the money back in the safe. Because it was all the money it wasn't just the fundraiser money yeah which is another one of those threads that it's kind of just like hopping along through yeah. it is because the reason they were in the car with cubby to begin with was he didn't like the office door being open because the cops were there and so he's like we'll get all the money all the cash we'll take it to the bank and so she puts it all into the a bank envelope and then they get distracted and cubby maybe forgets about the money entirely um and <laughs> Lisa does the right thing. Yeah, arguably the right thing would have also been to take out take the thousand dollars <laughs> she raised and keep it. Uh, but she, which we don't know, she we did we not see yes. it. There was no yeah. hint or anything. Um, it does. It doesn't imply that she did that by any means. Um, but she she once again did the right thing because she can't not do the right thing to a certain extent. Which is neat and nice. Even when it, it isn't always the best option for her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can tell she doesn't, you know, you know she, she's used to making that hard decision. I think the same thing with, with kicking her husband out was kind of one of those. Like, she took him apartment shopping for crying out loud. Um, like, she's not... It's that balance between emotional yeah. caretaker and being run over. Yeah. And being a doormat. Yeah. Which is a balance that she's constantly going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I do appreciate, too, the, you know, it seems she's such a good general manager. She takes such good care of mm-hmm. her staff, her uh, waitresses especially, because this is a weird <laughs> job. <laughs> um, and... Is like talks around kind of the sexualization mm-hmm. of the waitresses, and you know doesn't want to explicitly say you have to look like this and yeah. um, and whatnot, but is also like stands up if you're being disrespectful, you're mm-hmm. out. Yeah, pretty much zero tolerance policy yeah. is what she says. Yeah, um, and so you, in my mind, I'm like, okay, maybe that's how you could like successfully run like a Hooters esque <laughs> place. I mean, of course, pay them more and give them benefits and yeah. put, give them equity in the company. Well, and Cubby mentioned that they are all hired as entertainers, mm-hmm. not waitstaff, um, which allows them I to get around that. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was in the in the discussion of the shift work. Ah, uh, okay. He's like, well, they're all entertainers, so we, that's why we can get away without hiring fat ones. Yeah. As he says. And so you see when the, the another manager for the night shift comes yeah. in and he's a man and yeah. he's like, you got to like be rating them because I, you know, appearance four to five, fat two out of five, <laughs> like, because I'm so tired of having to pull the massage aside. I mean, like, you should look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> he said it in a very like rough, rude way. Yes. Um, 
and which is like a 180 to how yeah. Lisa handles the stuff. So you, you see that and you're like, okay, maybe there could be agency with a female mm-hmm. manager. And then you go to the man cave auditions. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and man cave is the national chain yeah. equivalent to Hooters. It's mm-hmm. moving into the ha- area, but it's um, a sports bar with yeah. girls in tight clothes. And, yes. <laughs> um, and they're, she's going in. To for a manager. For a manager position. And um, there's just this beautiful woman, Brooklyn Decker. I don't know what her name was, but that's the, the, the actress. actor model. Um, is interviewing her and, like... <laughs> Says all of the wrong things. <laughs> and is so, like, towing that company line yeah. unironically. Yeah. Or, like, not totally believing yeah. in... She um, was a man cave girl, class of 07. Yeah, yeah. And is like... We totally respect our girls. That's why we have an army of lawyers that wrote a respect book so they know how to respect themselves. And you're like, oh, oh. Yuck. Yeah. I should mention, to feel like we, I feel like we don't always mention this when we watch comedies. This movie's very funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do all this like deep discussion of things. It's also very funny. Um, the two instances of the party popper that show up unexpectedly were both amazing. <laughs> Scared me both times because they sound like gunshots. Yes. Well, and they played with that just a little on the second yeah, one. Yeah, they did because <laughs> a cop started pulling out his gun. Yes. Um, but just just an amazing comedic punchline. Um, but like the whole movie was very funny. The, was, the guy yeah. in the duct work, like that's played not for comedy, but like it's so underplayed. Yes. Like yeah, there's a guy up there. I heard just, some noises or some banging. Just go, like, we're not going to tell anybody. Just go about your day. EMTs, take him out the back. Like, it's taking a few hours yeah. to get him out. Cut him out of the ductwork. Yeah, and it cuts the cable. <laughs> it's very, yes, very understated comedy, but very, very funny. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to remember that comedies are funny, too. Or can okay. be. <laughs> but in, like, indie funny way. Yeah. So. I mean, I laughed. <laughs> I know, you did laugh. You did laugh. I laughed at lots of things. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the other man, or the man cave being sort of the, the worst possible case scenario. But also, they all kind of still wanted to get the job. Because <laughs> they need a job. You need a job. And I guess, I mean, the assumption, I, you make more money. Yeah. You know, while you look like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and they just marched them in for an audition. Like it was a casting. Oh call. yeah, it was. It was. They a, had a camera. It was all the same look. Yeah, it was very clear what was going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I wrote men are children. <laughs> Women can be children. Too. Can we talk about Bobo? We haven't talked about Bobo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What an interesting character, right? Bobo is. Um. So Bobo is played by Leah Delaria, who is in Orange is the New Black. Is yes. the place I know her. As Big from. Boo? Or just yeah, Boo, Boo eventually? Boo. I think in the first season there was a Big Boo and a Little Boo, and then that went away, and so it just was just Boo. Boo. Just Boo. Um, yeah, and she's a great actress. I mean, she does so. She's great in Orange is the New Black. I haven't seen anything else, but she was amazing in this. Yeah. <laughs> and she's playing a butch lesbian, mm-hmm. I would say. Yes. Um, and you know who's there in her truck every morning when the when the door is open, <laughs> and it seems to be really nice. Yeah, 
uh, to all the wait staff, helps them out to some extent. <laughs> I think they get a little annoyed with her. If, like, yeah. Sometimes like, you're trying too hard. Yeah. <laughs> we got to keep the, the customer line separate. Yeah. <laughs> but like a chill, nice masculinity. Yes. And and a depiction of, of you know, the opposite of toxic masculinity. Yeah. 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 And there's one at one point where she goes up to a rowdy white dude and yeah. he's like, I'm more I'm twice m- the man than you ever were and twice the woman you'll ever have. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's out front waiting for him for a fight. And then he goes, he sneaks out the back, <laughs> which I thought was a real good moment. It was very quick. The cops kick everyone out because of problems. Um, and you see Bobo standing out front going, uh, did he sneak out the back <laughs> and then like storm off? <laughs> they missed that part. It was, it was very, very quick, quick, like just nice little character beat. <laughs> Because she was ready to to have a throwdown with him. But a nice, like, other depictions of gender. Yes. And I felt like this, even though it's, you know, the bulk of the women characters are going to be those live. Mm -hmm. The type that that are able to get jobs working at a place like this. You still have kind of a diversity of personalities, of Mm -hmm. race, of, you know, gender and sexuality. Mm Mm-hmm. Not huge. But a little bit. <laughs> but tiny bit. Yeah. Because our expectations are small. Yeah. We only do, only really get two black characters over the course of the film. That's true. That's um, true. Even though we're talking about like, oh, there's not enough black people, the, the film also doesn't really do much more than that. No. But. Well, I mean, and the excuse they're going to give is because you can only have one per shift. Yeah. But, but it, yeah. It, it's it, it's it, complicated it, a little it bit. Compli- yeah. yeah. It's, it's more. That was interesting. Um, yeah, so not a lot of diversity in terms of race, but uh, but some mm-hmm. of the complexities of different types of, of women. Yes. Which is easier to do when you have this many women in a film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of counted Bobo towards that different depictions mm-hmm. of yeah. women. Although we don't know Bobo's gender. We don't. It's not made explicit. Which is not important. Because you don't have to know someone's gender explicitly. (laughs) Doesn't actually matter in a lot of ways. To understand their character completely. Yes. Um, It's not actually important. Yeah. Or to read how they're... We don't need a a complicated exploration of any of that for this purpose. Yeah. And then I think the other thing I wrote down, oh, I think it really captured to me a Texas city. Yes. Because the one thing I hate about Texas city is driving through them and being in them (laughs) is it feels like it's all freeway, strip malls, repeated stores, weeds, and grackles. That is what Texas feels like to me. Yeah. And it's so incredibly depressing and stressful for me. <laughs> and that's what they had. I mean, that's why they took a lot of it was it was clearly filmed at a restaurant location off of I-10. And yeah. you could hear those highway cars in the mm-hmm. background. At one point, one of the characters says, I, well, Lisa's character is yeah. like, I love the sound of it. It's like being at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a grackle. Yeah. But to me, it's a very bleak background for humanity. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my opinion. 
I'm not saying all cities are like that at all. <laughs> just the ones in Texas. <laughs> There's just something about Texas and those highways. Yeah, well, you grew up in the woods, so. <laughs> yeah, I like trees. I like trees a lot. But it's not pretty. Like, you can go to, like, New York City and, like, some the buildings are pretty. They even have parks. It's just highway. It's just highway. And box store. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's my take on Texas. Yeah. I, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a lot more to say. I, just, I, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah, a good movie. It was it's on Hulu good. if you want to watch it. Check it out. And Regina Hall won a bunch of awards. Oh, did she? Good. And as as she should. It was good. She did a real good job. Excellent performance. She carried the majority of the film. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about. All right. Saturday afternoon movies. Say good night, Amy. Good night, Amy.